Welcome to Triumphant's Podcast with Pastor Perrin, preaching on the Word of God. Matthew chapter 25, I'm going to begin reading at verse 1 and read down to verse number 13. Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. It reads like this from the English Standard Version. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and we went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. And as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered them, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, Jesus says, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say thanks be to God. This morning from this text, I would like to title our sermon from this text this morning, Prepare for More. Prepare for More. This past Wednesday, with the heinous acts of insurrection from white supremacists as they stormed the Capitol building, seemingly unopposed, we saw firsthand the repercussions of being unprepared and of not taking threats and destructive rhetoric seriously. While many of us were not at all surprised at the violent attempt to overthrow the election and to dismiss and throw out the votes of black people who came out in record number this year and voted in the elections, even though we weren't surprise, it still appalls me, and it is unacceptable and infuriating that those thugs were allowed, seemingly aided, to run roughshod over the capital of the United States of America. When Donald Trump himself had not only incited these morons, just moments earlier, but he had repeatedly and blatantly threatened that something unfortunate was going to happen on January 6th, 2021. And yet, they were unprepared. It's baffling how they could have been caught off guard. So unprepared. Did they not take the threats seriously? Did they not see this coming, were they that naive? 
While it may seem like a hard transition and pivot to make, I think of the many lessons to learn from the horrific things that took place this week, and there are a lot of them to learn. One lesson that is important for us to grasp is how necessary it is to be prepared. And over these past few weeks, as we've been moving through this portion of Scripture, beginning in chapter 24 and now in chapter 25, what is often called the Olivet Discourse, I hope that it is becoming clearer to us how Jesus is trying to teach his disciples, and by way of teaching them, he's trying to teach us to stay awake, to stay alert, to stay aware. And particularly for those of us who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ. I hope that we are taking seriously how Jesus is stressing the importance of being ready. Precisely because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. And so Jesus is saying to his disciples and he is saying to us by way of them that because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. Because no one knows when Jesus is coming back. That we've got to be prepared. Knowing that his return is imminent and can happen at any given moment or time, we've got to be prepared for more. See, we are not immune to being caught off guard. We point at other people and say, how could they be so caught off guard? They knew that something was going to happen. Even if they weren't sure, at least they could have been prepared. Well, guess what? Jesus is clear to us and letting us know that he is coming back again. And we're not exempt from being unprepared when he returns. And so Jesus is instructing and guiding his disciples here in these verses to stay vigilant and to stay vigilant. What I've hoped to do for us with this series is to help us make application of this passage on more than one level. Y'all hear me good. Because it's important for us to grasp the seriousness that Jesus' return is imminent. Many of us do not take his return seriously. It's not something that's talked about in church much more, uh, much these days, but we need to take seriously Jesus' imminent return. And we should live out life every day with an immediate awareness that Jesus can come back and will come back at any moment. It is not to alarm us. It is to prepare us. But here's what I also know, that even though some of us have a hard time grasping the seriousness of Jesus' return, if we take to heart and apply what Jesus is teaching here in these verses, not only does it benefit us for the life to come eternal, but it can benefit us in this life right now, right here as well. It can help us be prepared even in the uncertain and unexpected times that we are living through right now. And I want you and I 
that even during this year where things are still uncertain, when things are still happening and we don't expect them to happen, I want us to expect more is coming. This year, when we don't know what to expect and when things are still uncertain, I want us to prepare for more. Don't be caught off guard and unprepared. Because I do believe that opportunities are going to come to us this year. Opportunities for expansion, opportunities for elevation, opportunities for promotion, opportunities for more. And if we're not prepared for more, we can be caught off guard. Don't be caught off guard when the opportunity for more comes. But in fact, this parable and the next one right after it, they're really unique and they are really important for us because they teach us about the readiness that we should live in the right now in light of the yet to come. These passages teach us the readiness that we should live with right now in reference to the yet to come. They point to the conditions during this age, during what's happening in our life right now, in light of what's to come. Here it is. It's, listen to what it says at the beginning, opening verse. It says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Here it is. It's Jesus saying, listen, when I return, you know it's coming. And what I'm about to explain in this parable is what the kingdom of heaven is like as people await my return. And so because I'm coming, here is how you should govern yourselves in the life right now. Jesus said, listen, you can make right now application of what I'm giving to you. And not only will it allow you to be prepared for when I'm coming, but allow you to be prepared for more that I want to give to you in this year. He's saying the kingdom of heaven will be like this. He's saying what, you're, what I'm about to tell you, this is how you should be operating and governing yourself now. He's saying how these virgins acted as they waited for the bridegroom to come is how we should act now as we wait for Jesus to come. What we need to understand is that these, bride, these virgins, they were more than likely bridesmaids. What happened back here in this tradition during this time, the bridegroom would come and he would go to the bride's home where the nuptials would be performed. And while the nuptials were being performed, there would be people outside waiting for everything to be finished so that they could, in celebration, go back to the bridegroom's house. And so the bridesmaids were tasked with the responsibility, it normally happened at night, to make sure that there was light to take them back to the bridegroom's house as they got ready to celebrate the fact that they had now been married 
and they were now about to consummate their marriage. And so these virgins, they are the ones who are the bridesmaids. And here they are, they are sitting outside the bride's house. The bride and the groom are saying, I will, I do. And they're waiting. And what Jesus is saying is like, like they are waiting for the bridegroom, we too are waiting for Jesus, our bridegroom, to take us into the marriage feast. But we see that some are shut out because they are unprepared. In fact, that's what it says there. In verse number 10, it says that those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. But for those who were not ready, the door was shut on them. And so the question becomes, what's the difference between these two sets of virgins? It says in verse number two, five of them were foolish and five were wise. And you know what? I want us to slow down right there because we kind of just normally, we quickly go past that verse. We gloss over that verse. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. Here's the thing is that we need to understand that these two sets of bride, um, excuse me, virgins, they, they had almost everything in common. They, both sets of them fell asleep at night and got drowsy. Both of them had money to buy oil. Both of them were bridesmaids, but what differentiates them, the first thing that we see that differentiates them, that makes them different is that one set was foolish and another was wise. Here it is, is if we're going to be prepared for more, we need to seek to be those who are wise. Don't go by that too quickly. Because the reason why some of us are not going to be prepared for more is simply because we make unwise decisions. We make decisions that are not prudent. We make decisions that are dumb and foolish. Matter of fact, the reason why many of us have not elevated and been promoted to more is because we're just downright foolish. We have a repeated behavior of foolish decisions. And here's what I want to encourage all of us as we begin this year is to pray for wisdom. Seek wisdom like you would seek a treasure as Proverbs tells us. Seek and pursue wisdom, y'all. You remember Solomon asked for back in 1 Kings chapter 3. Solomon has just become king, and God says to him, you can ask me for anything. And Solomon says, can you give your, certain, your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil for those, excuse me, for who is able to govern this great people? He says, can you give me an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil? You want to know what wisdom is? Wisdom is being able to discern from good and evil. It is able to determine from what is good and what is best. 
It is having this God-given wisdom because there is a wisdom of this world. But we don't want just the wisdom of this world because God can confound the wisdom of this world. What we want is godly wisdom. That's why James says that if we pray for wisdom, God will hear us and he'll give us wisdom. Listen, y'all, this year we need to seek to be wise. We need to seek and pray for, search for Go after wisdom. It's interesting to me that these two groups of virgins, five foolish, five wise, they are getting ready to go to this wedding. And I have to wonder, as they are going to the wedding, the foolish the foolish virgins, virgins, are they looking at the wise virgins and saying, why are you bringing extra oil? They are probably saying, why are you, why are you doing all that? Why, why are you taking extra oil? Why have you spent more money on more oil? It's because they were wise. Here it is. It's because they expected a delay. Y'all, I told y'all last week, it's the delay for me. Verse 5, it says, as the bridegroom was delayed. See, the foolish folks, they think, oh, if I just bring enough, that I'll be taken care of. But see, the wise people, they say, no, I need to bring more than enough because I need to be prepared for more, because there just might be a delay. I want to say this anecdotally. Some of us need to learn from wise people in our lives. There are people in our lives who have been not only trying to counsel us and to tell us to stop making dumb, stupid, foolish um, decisions, but there are some people in our lives who we can look to and say, they are making wise decisions. Why are they doing that? Because they're preparing for more. Somebody needs to, you need to, you need to know as you're on this road in this year of unexpectedness and uncertainty, you need to look at some wise people and you need to say, what are they doing? Because I need to get on board with what they are doing because obviously I'm making some poor decisions. See, we, we, we've got to become wise if we want to prepare for more. See, some people, some people are going to be caught not prepared. They're going to be caught unprepared because they have not heeded to the wisdom of wise folk. They're going to be caught unprepared because y'all know it's true for me. It's true for everybody in this room, everybody watching. We have people in our lives who've been trying to tell us stuff over and over and over again. And we just won't learn. We keep making the same dumb mistake over and over again. And here is, I want y'all to hear my heart because I know sometimes I can come across kind of uh, pessimistic. I want y'all to hear my heart, really hear my heart. I want us to be prepared for more. 
And if we're going to be prepared for more, we've got to start listening to the wisdom of those who are wise among us. We, we be listening to the foolish folks, y'all. We be listening to the stuff that people, they try to give us so that we can be good for this world. But no, that won't prepare us for what God has in store for us in 2021. We've got to be prepared for more. And even as I think about the landscape of the Christian church in America and those quote-unquote white evangelicals who will not heed the wisdom of the historically black church in America and say when we call something out as unjust, unjust, as when we call something out as being unfair and unequal and they don't hear us, it's going to be a sad day when the day of reckoning comes and they're going to say, oh my goodness, y'all were right all this time and by then it's going to be too late. See, I believe in being charitable, but if the white evangelical church doesn't take our warnings now, that they do not side on the side of justice and righteousness now, when reckoning comes, don't come knocking down our doors and asking for our oil then. I don't mind giving you some of my oil, but you need to get my oil now, now, not on the day of reckoning. Because the day of reckoning is coming, so you need to knock down my door now and ask me, how am I seeing this wrong? What do I need to do now? You need to speak up and say something. Help me, Jesus. Don't wait till the day of reckoning to come knocking down our doors. We've been trying to tell you for a long time that that rhetoric of Donald Trump was evil and dangerous and wicked and would lead to something disastrous. But people would not listen to the black church saying we just have that old liberation theology. We're just all into social justice, and that's not the real gospel. We don't want a social, gospel, social justice gospel. Well, guess what? You can call it what you want, but we tried to tell you with our wisdom that that was going to lead to something disastrous, and now you're knocking down our doors asking us, what do we see wrong? I want to be charitable. I want to help. I spent way too much time on that point. But, y'all, there is, there is this that we need to hear from this text, is that there's going to come a point in time when it's going to be too late. There's going to come a point in time when your opportunity that's presented at your door, you're not going to be prepared for. It's going to slip out of your hands. There's going to come a point in time if you haven't gotten your house in order that Jesus returns and you're not going to be invited in. See, somebody listening, grandmama and mama and them been trying to tell you for a long time, baby, son, this thing called Jesus is real. Don't take it lightly. And you're going to come to a day where you're going to need Jesus and you're going to want mama and grandmama and them to pray your way in and their prayers, their faith ain't going to do nothing for you if you don't have it for yourself. And what the caution of this text is, it's saying, listen, you better pay attention to the wise people around you that's been trying to speak into your life so that when the day comes for more, you're prepared and ready for more. 
Jesus wants to teach in this parable that spiritual preparedness cannot be transferred from one individual to another. Here it is. Really what he's trying to say is that everyone is responsible for themselves. So while it is day, while it is light, you better heed the voice of the wise counselors around you. The scriptures tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you're trying to find a place to start to help you get wisdom, start by reverencing the holiness of God. Because it is when we reverence him and fear him with an awe that we begin to gain wisdom. When you truly fear him, you'll study his word so that you can live in accordance with what he is teaching and how it should govern your life in the right now. Somebody, I don't want it to be too late for you. I want you to begin pursuing wisdom now. And I want you to know that pursuit of wisdom, godly wisdom, is not time wasted. It is time well spent. Pursuit of wisdom is not time wasted. It is time well spent. See, we look back to these virgins and the five virgins that were wise, they took extra. They spent money on extra oil. And they found out that the, the money that they spent on their extra oil was not wasted. It was money well spent. See, here's, here's, here's the other thing is that, is that what, what we see here, when we see that they, that they spent money in order to bring extra oil, we see that another thing that divided them, made them different, is that some were prepared and some were unprepared. Yeah, I know that's kind of just surface, but listen, are you prepared or not? And here it is, is that wine was prepared for more while the other was not. Wine was prepared for a delay while the others were not. The foolish were not prepared for the groom's delay. Are you prepared? See, what we see here is that after the cry goes out that the bridegroom is coming, it says that the, the, the virgins, the foolish uh, virgins, they look to the wise virgins and say, can we get some of your oil? And they said, no, go rather, in verse number nine, to the dealers and buy for yourselves. See, there is that idea there of money spent on something. It is the idea there of having sacrificed for something in order to be prepared. And what somebody needs to know is that you need to sacrifice and give more in order to be prepared for more. They both had to spend money on oil. It's whether or not you're going to spend money on oil now to be prepared for more. Or are you going to try to scrounge it together later and try to run to the house and make it in in time? See, this is saying, no, you don't need to wait until the day comes where the bridegroom is coming back. You need to set aside some now. Meaning set aside means that I got to 
forego something else in order for me to have something for right here. I got to sacrifice in this area so that I can have more in this area. It means being prepared for more just in case. And so if I have to go without some comfort and some convenience in order for me to have to sacrifice to have more, I'll do that. See, some of us think that we'll be able to get in off of our intelligence, off of our charisma, off of our connections. But if I can say this too anecdotally, what are you going to do when your charisma and your intelligence and your talent and your connections run out? Are you going to have any oil left? Are you going to be ashy or are you going to be oily? Because here it is, is that they brought extra oil because they, they, they said, the bridegroom just might be late. There just might be a delay. And like I asked you last week, I want to ask you again this week, what are you doing during the delay? Are you preparing yourself during the delay? Are you laxing, expecting to get it right one day? They were not prepared. They were underestimating what it was going to take. And so they did not bring much because they were not expecting much. Some of us, we need to bring more because we're expecting more. But many of us, we're not bringing much because we're not expecting much. And in 2021, I want you to expect more and bring more to the table. Bring more effort. Bring more energy. Bring more consistency. Bring more integrity. Bring more wisdom in 2021. Because I want you to expect more in 2021. Because more can come in the midnight hour. That's what it says there. It says that, verse number six, at midnight there was a cry. Late in the midnight hour, God can turn it around. But will you be ready for more? So you're, you're saying, I'm not expecting much because ain't nothing changed. It's been a long time, but late in the midnight hour, God can turn it around. He can show up and turn your situation around. Will you be ready for more? Being prepared will cost you a little bit extra. Being prepared will make, mean that you'll have to stay up a little bit later. Being prepared means that you will have to count the cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. See, we tend to give God our least or our leftovers. But the warning of this parable cautions us as disciples against refusing the count to count the cost of discipleship. Refusing to say, God, I'm going to give more to you than anything else in my world. I'm going to put you first and trust you with everything else. Don't give God 
your leftovers. Don't give God what's last. Know that only what you do for Christ will last. Y'all, these foolish virgins, they had enough money to buy oil. They could have bought the oil. They had enough money. The reason why we know that is because when they do go to buy oil, they were able to buy oil and they came back to the feast, but it was too late. Some of us, we can do more. We just choose not to because we are confused in the delay. We're confused by uncertainty and we're confused because we don't know what to expect. But I'm trying to encourage us that during this season of uncertainty and unexpectedness that we prepare for more. Jesus says in Matthew 19 that whoever has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake, they shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But he says, many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Many of us are in our vain, selfish ambition, are in a race to the top. And so we don't spend time on seeking out godly wisdom and learning from his scriptures. We don't bring anything extra. And as a result, one day we're going to be first here on earth, but last in heaven. But those of us who are saying, let me set aside something. Let me sacrifice because I know Jesus is coming back soon. It says that the last shall be first. I might get in last place here on earth. I may not be able to measure up to everybody else's ambition, but what I want to do is make sure that when Jesus comes, I am ready for when he comes. Last thing in this text I want to show us, and I'm finished, is that not only do we see one difference is that some were wise and some were foolish. That some were prepared and others were not. We also see that some were let in and some were shut out. Some, because they weren't wise and because they hadn't prepared, they were shut out. See, we have to be careful with cutting corners. Because when we cut corners, we don't realize that we're actually shutting ourselves out of an opportunity. The Titanic that sunk in the Atlantic Ocean, it needed to carry 32 lifeboats. But it only carried 20 lifeboats because they didn't think it looked nice on the boat. So they cut corners. And 1,178 people died because they cut corners. I remember what Pastor Hassan said when he was with us a month or so ago about spiritual preparedness. You remember he said how 
Growing up, we used to be embarrassed of our mothers because our mothers would carry around this big purse that didn't look like a purse, but it looked like a suitcase. But when we needed something, she was always prepared. When our breath was stinking, she had an old, old linty mint down there somewhere at the bottom. When, when we cut ourselves, she had not only a Band-Aid, but some astringent and something else to help us out. See, she was always prepared. And, and, and you don't want to go around because you don't think it's cute to be prepared for Jesus to come. You don't want to carry around that large bag with you because people are going to laugh at you and mock you. But listen, I'd rather be laughed at and be prepared than to be unprepared and not make it in. There was a man who was down on his luck. He had lost his job, and he was in the construction field, and one of his friends who was rich said to him, listen, I want to hire you to build my house. So the man said, well, wow, I would love to do that. And the the rich man said, here it is. I'm going to give you a million dollars to build my house. You take all the expenses out of that, and whatever is left over, that'll be, that'll be what I give you. So the man started to build the house, and he, he thought he was getting savvy and, and creative. And he said, well, if, if, I, if I cut this corner right here, and I don't use um, the pipes in the plumbing system that is best, it'll be all right. Ain't nobody going to know. It's behind the wall. If I use electric, um, electric, electric stuff that's, that's not the best quality, it's okay. If, if, I, use, if I use timber that's kind of crooked, but it's behind the wall, nobody's going to see it, it's going to be okay. And he was able to cut off $400,000 of his expenses. But after he finished the house and uh, his rich friend came back to him, he said to his rich friend, um, his rich friend said to him, man, you have done an amazing job on this house. You've done such an amazing job on this house. Not only am I going to pay you for for making the house, but I'm giving you the keys to the house as well. Many of us don't realize that that's going to be our story if we're not prepared. We think we can cut corners here and there. And when the moment comes for opportunity, we'll see that what we have built will not last. See, how you steward and leverage your resources and your anointing and your gifts and your talents now, it is directly tied to how well you hope in the future. You think it doesn't matter what you do now. But what you do now, it is directly tied to what your future will look like. Whether you're hoping in the immediate comfort now or are you hoping in the future return of your king? See, some were let in, but some were shut out. Being unprepared will get you shut out of certain places and certain opportunities. And listen to what he says at the end of the parable. Verse number 12, he says, but he answered. Well, let me read verse number 10. While they were going to buy, the bridegroom groom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly I say to you, 
I do not know you. That sounds like some real tough words to hear, I know. But as I'm studying this passage, what I, what I came to understand is that it's not saying that I don't know you in the sense of I've never known you. But it's saying I don't even know who you are anymore. I don't even know who you are that you would not take seriously my wedding. You, you telling me that you didn't prepare for me to be a little bit late knowing that I was getting married? I don't mean that much to you. I don't even know who you are anymore. Who are you? You've been that careless? You've been that reckless? You've been that, un- you were that unprepared? See, God doesn't want to say that to us. Jesus is saying, listen, you do not know what day I'm coming. You don't know the hour to expect. Verse 13 says, you know neither the day nor the hour, but you know Jesus is coming. Don't get caught unprepared. If you will prepare now, not only will it prepare you for then, but it will open up possibilities and opportunities that you can walk into here on earth because you are prepared. Seek wisdom. Seek counsel. Listen to wise folks. Be prepared. Spend a little extra. Spend a little time. Save a little more. So that when Jesus comes back, you can make it in. You will have demonstrated that you were preparing for his return. You will have demonstrated that you know that Jesus had gone to prepare a place for you because he did it with his blood and with his sacrifice and his life on your behalf. So now you're just awaiting his return. But also, be prepared so that when opportunity presents itself in 2021, you are ready, that you are prepared for more. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. Because on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Thank you, God, for this time in your word. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about Triumphant Church, visit us at thetriumphantchurch.org or you can contact us at 301-559-2200.